Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. This is the Welcome to the Suburbs Christmas Edition with Andy and Greg. Dear Santa, I am writing you because I want to tell you where I want my presents. I have tried to be good this year. I would like you to put my gifts on the sofa, please. To remind you, I would like to have a pool table, three-piece pen and pencil set, five-piece desk set, bingo, H.O. car, and stamps. Andy Simons. P.S. Tell your helper thank you for the pen and pencil. Also, can I have your autograph? With a line drawn name. So he's autographing the letter to Santa. Awesome. I didn't write this last week. <laughs> Man, you just blew my mind. Okay. This is age 10. Oh, you were 10. The thing I love about this is you're going to get a pool table on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. I don't think I got it, though. So specific. Why not under the tree? Leave room for my sister's gifts. Wow. Conscientious. Put them on the sofa. Line them up. <laughs> pen and pencil set. Yeah. So what were you doing with the pen and pencils? I wasn't writing this letter. <laughs> you had to borrow a pencil from mom. And a five-piece desk set. <laughs> What's included in the five-piece desk set? Pen and pencil. Well, yeah. <laughs> so it's a duplicate present, yeah. then. Tape. Stapler. Okay. One of those big blotter things that go down with the calendar. Yeah, you got it. And stamps. Stamps? Yeah, where's that coming from? Were you a big pen pal guy when you were 10? Maybe so I could mail this letter in the following year. <laughs> Instead of having to leave it, I could get it in the mail sooner. Because the North Pole is quite a ways. Yeah, is that extra postage? Is that like air mail? Or sleigh mail. <laughs> The P.S., which said, tell your helper thank you for the pen and pencil, assuming that I'm going to get the pen and pencil, because that was in the original laundry list of things I wanted. Right. So I was already thanking him for something that I'm <laughs> assuming I'm going to get. Right. Uh-huh. And did you? Probably. Well, yeah, it's a pen and so pencil. So I was using psychology on Santa Claus, <laughs> <laughs> thanking him for the thing that was in the list that I was hoping I was going to get. That is so funny. So did you do the like milk and cookies, too, with that? Any bribery? I do remember waking up some Christmas mornings and the plate of cookies was crumbs and the milk mm -hmm. was gone and there was mm -hmm. a napkin like wadded up. Mm. So the whole fantasy was being played out oh, yeah. all the way. When Heather was little, she used to leave cheese for Santa Mouse. Santa Mouse? Apparently that was his helper. Or she was aware of Santa having a mouse. <laughs> okay. Not a badger. <laughs> Good thing it wasn't a badger. That wouldn't have been agreeable. Of course, you remember the famous Christmas story. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa badger. <laughs> Although, I don't know, some of the reels that I see on Facebook with animals coming to humans for help. Mm -hmm. Have you seen those? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All kinds of like reindeer, caribou. And they'll come up, hey, human, I need you. Hey, I think that that reindeer needs us. <laughs> And so then they follow the reindeer, and a small herd has crashed through the ice of a pond, and they're all going to drown if they don't pitch in. They go get tools and rescue the caribou. They're stuck in the pond. It's kind of like Lassie. It is exactly like Lassie. Timmy. <laughs> Someone's fallen in the well. Right. That's exactly it. Maybe that's parallel thought in the animal kingdom. They've probably seen reruns of Lassie and know it works. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a tried and true system. One of them speaks up. Hey, I remember being at Grandpa's house. <laughs> Watching black and white TV. There was this dog. <laughs> I was peering through the window of a family one time. This could work. Don't go under the ice. I'll be right back. <laughs> Going to run out to the interstate, not get hit, flag down somebody with a chainsaw. <laughs> Around Christmas, my grandmother was just an amazing baker and actually did that for a living when they emigrated up here from Acorn, Kentucky. And she would make all kinds of homemade candy, fudge. You know, I'm not a sweets person, but man, did the house smell great. And, mm. and we would all take it home. And so everybody would get the fat pants out of the closet. <laughs> Stretchy pants. Move the belt one notch and just dig her candy and fudge. So without telling anybody, my granddad decided one night, and he was tired of reading the Wall Street Journal, ate two or three pounds of fudge Ooh. at night. Ouch. Had a blood draw the next day. <laughs> the doctor freaked out was it brown blood <laughs> yeah <the> fudge? <laughs> like maple syrup yeah. <laughs> and so he didn't tell anybody oh hey by the way five pounds of fudge so they do the blood draw and it comes back like off the charts sugar and they're freaking out and nobody does any critical thinking to you know ask him hey did you have christmas candy or cookies what have you been eating it's just all of a sudden oh my god we've got to fix this admitted to the hospital <laughs> i think what happened is my grandma went to the fudge tin and she's like hey wait a minute last night this was full what happened oh i ate it all ding it could have been santa badger it could have been santa badger where'd that come from Santa's a Wisconsin fan. <laughs> it's kind of winter up there all the time. It's a little North Pole-like. Was that from Heather, or did you just hatch that right now? I hatched that right now. Santa's friend was Santa Mouse to Heather back in the day. She struggled taking pills. Medicine. Christmas was coming. We threatened her that Christmas was going to be canceled if she didn't swallow a pill. So it wasn't like the act of swallowing. Keely has a problem swallowing pills. It's not that she doesn't want to take them. She just has problems swallowing them. Similar to Heather. We were getting closer and closer to Christmas, and she wasn't taking her pills. We remodeled our bathroom back in that day. With a pill dispenser? No. But <laughs> okay. as we took up the register in the bathroom. No way. <laughs> there was a stash of pills. Full of pills. <laughs> Let me go in the bathroom and take my medicine. <laughs> she didn't know that she could bootleg those. No. Okay. Christmas was coming, and so... The goose is getting fat. <laughs> so the gauntlet was laid down. No Christmas if you don't take pills. So she finally... I think she was practicing with Tic Tacs and that kind of stuff. And she <laughs> holding her nose and rubbing her throat. All the tricks. <laughs> Put it in cheese. Yeah. Icing. Here, it's in the middle of this pile of whipped cream. Eat this. Crushing them up in applesauce. Oh, yeah. We were playing that game. I think we got to the other side of it. Christmas was not canceled that year. My other grandmother, my mom's mom, she was the spanking grandma. A Latin teacher just kind of had this appearance like she might be friends with the Queen of England. She had the pocketbook, the gloves, the guilt threats. <laughs> You've ruined my Christmas. I got that one. I'm a kid. I don't even know what I did. It couldn't have been too terrible. Tom stole your credit card. I haven't done anything. How did I ruin your Christmas? How did you? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I didn't catch the tree on fire. You know, Christmas is supposed to be a time where you just chill. You know, it shouldn't be like, okay, now jump in the car, pack everything in. Let's go 
like Santa hitting house to house like it's Halloween and you're trick-or-treating. And so Muncie to Grandma's house to celebrate Christmas with other family members was part of it. And so you go through the whole unwrapping presents and... You know, when you've got somebody that's a dictator-like person like she was, the one festive thing that she would do, (laughs) we would burn all the wrapping paper after all the whole gift opening. One time, I don't know whether it was like jewelry or money, got burned up, (laughs) and that tradition ended. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Hey, have you seen my $100 bill? (laughs) Something smells weird. It smells like cash burning. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned going to Christmas like Halloween. So many families make the rounds. I think Heather does a Christmas up in Marion like December 10th. Oh, God. It's like a checkbox at that point. My whole life, 64 years, I've had Christmas at home. Never left my home for Christmas. Growing up as a kid, my first marriage with Jennifer just has always been that way. And I always struggle to think about not being at home for Christmas Day. Due to my church gig, always working Christmas Eve for 22 years, I always come home usually at 1 o'clock most Christmas days and pretty burned out. And I remember one year telling Heather that let's do Christmas the next day. So the 26th. She was like devastated. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Christmas. Yes. Even though she kind of had made the rounds herself, the idea of not coming over to our house, she struggled with that. So we only did that once. Did you get some kind of like passive aggressive? We had bologna sandwiches for Christmas because you didn't want to do it. Oh, really? What'd you put on your bologna sandwich? Tears. (laughs) Just salty tears. Gallons of tears. (laughs) The first year I was first married in 1981, this is our first Christmas in Indy as a married couple. And at the time, my parents lived in Cincinnati, so we got up Christmas morning and we opened our presents. And probably 20 minutes later, when the presents were all done, we said, we're bored. So we called mom and dad and said, can we come over (laughs) So we got in the car, drove to Cincinnati. (laughs) Well, it would be great if they said, no. No. (laughs) We have plans. Right. (laughs) We have plans, and they don't include you on Christmas. So stay in Indy. (laughs) My parents split when I was in the seventh grade, and my dad would come over to our house to do Christmas morning. We'd all jump in the car and go up to Muncie. My dad just went limping back to his... (laughs) His hole, his cave. (laughs) Right. Licked his wounds, had bologna. My grandma had this whole spread. She had, of course, you know, the turkey. She had a knack, and then my mom carried it over. The worst gravy I've ever had in my entire life came from my grandmother. She didn't know it was terrible. Oh. Now she does. So every year, terrible gravy was awful. Awful gravy. She would have the drippings and then add flour and milk to it and so really what it tasted like was really bland thick milk yuck bread-based dressing with too much sage times 10 super sage yeah (laughs) somebody asked you this so did everybody just bite the bullet and eat the gravy yeah Mm, delicious nobody said anything and my aunt ethel who was my great aunt, and she had no idea what was going on. Everybody had to, Aunt Ethel, he's telling a joke. (laughs) Oh, uh, (laughs) and she also, you know, you picture this woman with skin that's so pale and tears so easy if she (laughs) sneezes. If she sneezes, like, someplace her skin will break and it'll need stitches, (laughs) you know? (laughs) 
And Ethel's bleeding out. <laughs> yeah, she is because she bumped into the corner of the table or something. But everybody always had to talk so loud to her. And, hey, Anne Ethel, we're going to do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then she'd just check out again. She's feeding herself, so she did have that going on. So she's the random guest other than the two families. You mentioned the cooking and the preparation for the Christmas meal. Jennifer recalls that Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, her mother would be up every hour basting the turkey. Uh-huh. All the care and comfort and concern that she could have for this turkey, every hour she'd be up in the middle of the night, opening the oven. and In the middle of the night? This thing's baking at night? I guess she's baking it slow and cooking overnight. Making jerky? Not jerky. I'm sure it was quite delicious. Was it? Oh, I'm sure it was. Okay. Her mother was an excellent cook. Was she good? So my grandmother and my mom inherited this. It would just be mysteriously, why is this turkey so dry? Well, I don't know, because you started it at 6 in the morning, and it's now 3 in the afternoon, and there's this nutty thing called a meat thermometer. Have you ever used one of those? Meat thermometer? No. Tell me more. Sounds fascinating. This year, because Thanksgiving is the turkey also, we all decided, hey, does anybody like that gravy that Grandma makes? (laughs) 100%. No, no, we don't like that. Okay, so let's do the other kind of real gravy. Does anybody like the dressing that mom made? No. Okay, we're going to do the other kind of dressing. So did you go to uh, canned gravy? No. (laughs) (laughs) Pop the top and bloop. (laughs) Gravy's ready. Hungry man gravy. Let me put it in the microwave, (laughs) heat it up. I did learn that there is another kind of really terrible gravy, and it's made by my sister. It shouldn't even be called gravy. It should just be called a mass of white nastiness with too much time in it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have time? Yeah. Do you have like five plants worth of time? I'm making gravy, and it's called thyme gravy. Or as my mom would say, thyme. Tamp it down with some sage. Oh, my God. Could we, like, alternate Ma's gravy and dressing with this one so that every other year you're doing it, but the other... Well, I don't have her recipe. Like, ten people. I do. (laughs) Most of them don't, but they just want something different. Exactly. (laughs) We had this tradition at our house when I was a kid. Christmas Eve, we got to open one present. Keely and I did it recently because there are no kids in the house. One year, I remember, I got my first label maker. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. You were a kid? Yeah. You started this habit as a kid? The Dymo label maker. Oh, yeah. The dial you spin. Oh, sure. <laughs> Died and gone to heaven. All the presents were labeled then? <laughs> Soon to be. But there was a wrinkle. The Dymo tape was the wrong size. Oh, no. When I was growing up, my grandparents alternated to come into Cincinnati every other year. Did they just not get along? Is that why they didn't? No room at the end. Uh, I see. Just like Jesus. (laughs) No manger hanging out. (laughs) My grandfather, remember taking a pair of scissors and trying to trim down the the label tape. So I would stop crying. (laughs) (laughs) You really wanted that that bad. The disappointment was overwhelming. And Heather had a similar situation when she got her first computer. These boxes are arriving, and I don't remember if we wrapped them or not. It was a monitor and laser printer and peripherals, etc. The CPU was on back order. Uh, so you just had the monitors <laughs> in, in the printer. <laughs> so Heather was so excited unboxing the monitor and the printer, and then there's a card that says the CPU will be arriving at a later date. <laughs> July 4th. <laughs> 
So she went from the gleeful happiness, the most wonderful gift ever, to very disappointed in a nanosecond. And how did you feel? Well, we knew it was happening. <laughs> so get over it. You're like, I can't wait to disappoint her on Christmas. This is going to be the best Christmas ever. <laughs> You're a mean one. <laughs> So that year, she swallowed a bitter pill for Christmas. There you go. <laughs> so when I was doing stand-up, Keely was pregnant with Grace. I wanted to buy a rocking chair for her so that she could rock Grace to sleep. I wanted something that was architecturally interesting, not the kind of rocking chair you see at Cracker Barrel. Sure. I get it. I was working a club in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and there was a furniture store in the same parking lot as the club, and I walked in there and... The light shone down like as if it was on the baby Jesus himself. Like a Christmas miracle. <laughs> they said, that's the chair. Gotta have it. But that doesn't fit in the overhead compartment when you're flying to Albuquerque. Can't put stamps on it. No, no stamps. And the guy said, I tell you what we can do. We can put this on one of the semis when we're shipping cross country and get it to you that way. And I said, that would be awesome. One year later, <laughs> oh, okay. we got that effing chair. I thought it was going to be kindling when it arrived. <laughs> oh, my God. No, it wasn't kindling. It was there, and we had it. It was a cool-looking chair. Grace wasn't at the age where we could even use it that way anymore. <laughs> totally swinging a miss on it being a Christmas present. And then there was one other time I had moved on from stand-up, and there was a guy that I met, and he was a watercolor artist, and he was a fly fisherman, and so a lot of his watercolors were of trout and trout fishing and everything, and he was just a beautiful artist. I said, do you ever paint other things other than outdoor-type subjects? And he's like, yeah. So I show him this picture that I took of Keeley on the Appalachian Trail where we're above the clouds. There's these big granite cliffs and She's got her walking stick. Her head is kind of down like she's thinking. And so it's almost a silhouette, but not a silhouette. It was a beautiful photograph. I just got lucky. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, I would do like a sketch of it and then kind of add some colors to it. And you would approve it. And then I would do the main painting. And I said, so this is probably going to be something that you would have to do for her birthday in March. You, you wouldn't have this done for Christmas, would you? And he goes, oh, yeah, I could have it done for Christmas. Are you sure that you could have this done? I mean, that doesn't give you very much time. I know sometimes when you're working on art, I mean, it's just not bingo, bango. No, I could do that. And I said, okay. So all eggs in one basket. So this is the gift. The gift. The gift. I do something in the stocking and, you know, maybe like, pair of pajamas or something but this is the gift and so you know we're talking and i'm following up and he's like yeah yeah that yeah working on it yeah so i got nothing i got nothing i got nothing and he did have the one initial kind of wireframe ish thing rough draft yeah i said okay that looks good nothing 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 and then i become alarmed thanksgiving has come and gone I've got nothing. And I've also got no ideas because I'm not thinking that I need to have ideas. I'm going to have this cool painting. Christmas comes and I got nothing. Hillshire Farms? I did that for my grandma, the spanking grandma one time. <laughs> I'd ruined Christmas, uninspired. So, here you go. <laughs> have some meat. <laughs> right. Here's a meat collection for you. Here's a box of meat. <laughs> Merry effing Christmas. <laughs> right. 
Barry F. and Christmas. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Do it in some kind of scrolled font. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I think I'll frame it. I had to bite the bullet, and I'm showing her the crappy test painting, and I said, this is supposed to be a framed piece of art, and she was just devastated, and then realized later that day, you know what, it's about being with family more than it is the gift, and I'm over it. I've worked through it. So we ended up like doing a shopping thing later, but that dude, and then he saw me later, and he couldn't figure out a good lie to tell me on where he was with that. It was something ridiculous like, hey, are we still doing that? I'm like, you fucked me over on Christmas, Bruce. We're not doing that painting anymore. Why are you even asking me that? <laughs> Merry effing Christmas. <laughs> Merry effing Christmas to you. Yeah. Right. I was so awkward. And I just thought, I'm never doing that again, ever. I thought you were going to tell me that he ended up taking a, the photograph and running it through a watercolor <laughs> filter on his iPad. I should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I had always knocked it out of the park with her Christmas gifts. See, I could do x-ray or watercolor. <laughs> She'll love watercolor. X-ray looks weird. <laughs> we used to have this long Santa Claus with jingle bells all the way up as his buttons on the bathroom door. I think it's one of our decorations in our family home. When you open and close the door, jingle. jingles. Yeah. Like many kids, I think Christmas Eve, it was like, you know, awake every hour. One year I heard the jingle bells and I literally thought... Oh my God, he's here. <laughs> I thought it was Santa. <laughs> and then the toilet flushed. <laughs> <laughs> Still could be Santa. Could be. A lot of milk. Yeah. <laughs> milk and cookies, man. They're running through me right now. I just had that. It still sticks with me in my mind today is that, that realization that I thought, oh, he's here right now. Be very quiet. He knows when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake. You gotta go to sleep. <laughs> Better fake asleep. Ready, set, go. <laughs> when, um, Heather was in first grade. She figured out on her own there was no Santa Claus. Okay. She asked the question to us, well, how does he do that all in one night? Uh It doesn't seem possible. We didn't lie to her. Takes two nights. (laughs) (laughs) The world is big. It's a two-day process. Instead of coming up with some ruse that she'd have to live with beyond that until someone else told her. We said, no, well, you know, it's explained to her the... The concept of the giving and receiving and what Christmas is all about. And it's just not about Santa Claus and presents. It's about the birth of Jesus, etc. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, mm-hmm. I think it was in sixth grade. Oh. I was driving downtown with my dad. We were going to go to a music store. I think I get my first drum. Oh, nice. Or shop for or look for or look, you know, not, not to buy somehow came up in conversation and basically he too had to let me know the truth of the matter there really wasn't a santa claus uh-huh. did that drum end up with a label on it <laughs> it probably said snare drum did it yeah <laughs> i'm not surprised i was wondering that there's the norman rockwell going and picking a christmas tree way which we did for years and years and years so costco then got in the game of christmas trees and it totally sucked the uh, Norman Rockwell out of it because you just kind of go, they've got them all stacked in a semi and they pull it out and they stand it up and you're like, yeah, that one. Here's your damn Christmas tree. Yeah, (laughs) yes. And then you put it on the top and you drive home, but they don't unveil it. So you're just hoping that it's the right shape and everything. It's a pig and a poke. But you know what? They were always awesome looking. So we did that for a couple of years. And then when Keely got cancer, we had one outside on the patio made the ornaments with bird seed and 
clear jello. Mm-hmm. And so we had stars and candy canes and stuff, strung cranberries and strung popcorn, and then had the lights and had the Christmas tree out there. And we kept that thing lit and kept it as a Christmas tree into March, probably, because I just thought, it's beautiful. She's going through chemo. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep it out there. Sure. But the birds got none of the bird seed ornaments because the squirrels found it like 15 minutes after we put the thing up. Ravaged it. <laughs> totally. Totally just snarfed every seed and ornament that, but they let everything, including the birds, left the popcorn alone. Maybe one squirrel was like, hey, red berries. And then they, they they're like, bah, bitter. Oh. Hey, what else you got in there? Right. Knocking on the window. <laughs> got any good snacks. So last year was the first year we just decided, let's go find a really nice artificial tree i saw yours we were here recording Mm -hmm. and i thought man your tree looks beautiful and my dad's got one you plug in and it actually plays christmas (laughs) music is it white (laughs) no it's not white. it's a rotate (laughs) (laughs) a white christmas (laughs) i'm dreaming of a white christmas tree (laughs) did you ever flock yours hey watch your mouth (laughs) there's no flocking So when Jennifer was 14, she was living with her dad. Her parents got divorced probably when she was seven or eight years old. So he had been living alone for eight years. And the first Christmas that Jennifer was living with him, she said, Dad, we're going to have a Christmas tree. And he says, we're not going to get a damn Christmas tree. (laughs) That's a good response. I want a tree. I want lights and I want ornaments. No, no tree. So he had a girlfriend that lived next door to him. She told his girlfriend, Jean, that dad won't get a Christmas tree. She goes, honey, let's get a Christmas tree. So they went out and bought a six-foot live tree Mm -hmm. and brought it into the house and set it up. Mm -hmm. She had some extra ornaments and lights. So her dad came home and saw this tree. Snapped? No, loved it. Oh. Thought it was great. Wow. Helped decorate the tree. Okay. And then going forward, out of my way, this is my tree. So he was pampering it and watering it and cleaning up the needles. And he took full ownership of this tree. Funny. So the Christmas spirit touched his heart. That's nice. Went from, I don't want no damn tree to get away from my damn tree. (laughs) I can't believe he didn't throw a JC in there for good measure. (laughs) You know, there were years in a row where the tree that we picked out would end up having a praying mantis egg case in it. No badgers? No, no, no badgers. And we'd clip that branch off and keep it and then have the praying mantises hatch in the spring. What are you going to do? You're going to raise an entire litter of praying mantis in the winter? You can cook them. (laughs) More praying mantis, please. Could I have the head? (laughs) Is anybody serving that up? Pass the gravy. (laughs) Hi, this is Andy. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share. Remember, laughter is contagious. Help us spread it by telling a friend.